Cash Call, everybody. Back again this week. I'm Dale Archdeacon, and I have a special guest, Daquan Henry, with me. Um, Co-host Brian Curtis is not here today, but Daquan is one of our trainers for Smart Coaching and Training, and he is a specialist at scripting and dialogue and training agents and ISAs how to convert leads at a higher level. And so in the absence of Brian, I thought we would bring Daquan in and just, you know, talk about his story a little bit. Um, because he's very impressive, and um, and because he's a trainer for us, he had to do it because I told him to. I'm <laughs> right? Um, but uh, so, Daquan, why don't you tell everybody where you're from and uh, how long you've been in the business? For sure. Well, like I said from the beginning, Dale, I appreciate you know you bringing me on and have me on the on the uh, podcast here. And for everyone watching, honestly, I used to watch this podcast all the time. I, honestly, I still do. Uh, before I was a trainer, but while I was fine tuning my skills and all that stuff. So if you're here. I would say, you know, you're going to learn a lot and you're already probably doing pretty well, which is great. Um, but for myself, yeah, so I am a licensed real estate agent uh, up in uh, Toronto, Canada. Uh, so outside the States, I've uh, been working so in north, the- You mean North USA? North USA, yes, North yes, USA, yes. in north the northern USA. regions of USA. Yeah, learning that more and more with uh, what's going on with rate hikes, we seem to just follow what you guys are doing. So yeah, North, uh, north USA, I would say for sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I've been in the business technically for about uh, three years now. I, um, I was an ISA in the beginning of it, and I fell in love with Honestly Real Estate when I was about uh, like 22 uh, back then, and I purchased my first investment property, loved it. I don't know if I told you that, Dale, actually. I don't know if I told you no. that too. Yeah, it's news no. to you. But That's yeah, I great. Purchased my first investment property, my real estate agent at the time, she was great. And uh, yeah, we've been working together ever since. That's a bit about but, me. So, so now I'm sure everybody out there is like, Dale, why do you have a trainer working for you who's only been in the business for three years and then putting him on Cash Call Podcast? What the hell is wrong with you, Dale? <laughs> Daquan, where's your volume year to date in sales? So right now I'm just shy about 20 million for the year. 20 million year to date in sales, everybody, from this young man right here. And where does most of your business come from, Daquan? Uh, online leads. Online leads. Online leads. Okay. Well, everybody, this is why Daquan is on here. He's at almost $20 million in sales for the year, predominantly comes from uh, online leads. And the guy has been through our training. He's been trained by me personally. And not everybody can be trainers for us. And Daquan has the personality, the skill to be a trainer for us. He's a very dynamic guy. His ego is only matched <laughs> by my own. Like so, that that's. I, I think that's why we came together. We mesh so well together, Dale. We're 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 cut, <laughs> we're cut from the same cloth. It feels like. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so I wanted to bring you on, Daquan, and uh, why don't you tell us the trajectory? So when we were training together, uh, what was the what what did uh, this really is? What I want you to do is I want you to say what the training did for you. And what, which means to me is why you like delivering this to other people now. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I would want to probably go back to a little bit for anyone who is a new agent or, you know, thinking about being an agent, all those types of things. Yeah, you don't learn a lot when you're a new agent. It's very hard to get information, especially when, you know, it's talking about finding leads, how to deal with leads, all those types of things, uh, especially when you're trying to grow your business. And so online leads is something that I, uh, my team was doing at the time and something that I was interested in pursuing and learning how to convert. Uh, but it's very, very difficult to not even have the skill, but even have the motivation or know where to start with these online leads, uh, you know, because basically, you know, they're strangers until you're able to kind of convert them and speak to them and know the language. So 
for me, you know, dealing with online leads, you know, I really wanted to get a, an idea of how to even open the door conversation or even where to even begin without, you know, just blabbering about nothing, <laughs> which was, <laughs> which was honestly what I was really good at before the training uh, that I got here from Dale. So I would say, you know, the biggest reason on why I wanted to teach it, or even, you know, why I would say, you know, the, I found the success I found is, was, you know, knowing where to direct conversations with people uh, right from the get-go, right from them answering the phone. It's like, okay, how can I tackle this the most efficient way to get to the most conversions? Once you figure out that, you can really much learn the rest. But once you have the confidence and the motivation and know where to start, the rest of it kind of falls into place. I don't know if you would agree with that, Dale, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you can see me shaking my head up and down, but I'm sure people <laughs> on the podcast can't see me do that. I forget that all the time. Uh, <laughs> Totally agree with that. That's a lot of times where we start is this is the way your conversation should go. This is the direction it should take. You know, like that principles poster that we use at the very top, it says now, sooner or logical next step. I want to sell you a house now. I want you to sell your house now. And if it can't be now, I want it to be sooner. And when we give trainees, when we give students those directives, those principles, those pathways to follow, it just makes it so makes so much more sense for them. It gives them gives them direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, from the training, there are just so many different aspects that we're kind of teaching we grow through and how to be successful. And, you know, when I am training people and the conversations I'm having is, you know, getting in that into that intro, asking the right questions, that's what we focus on, you know, figuring out, like you said, can it be now? Can it be sooner? Asking all those right questions. And a lot of good agents I know are already doing that. You know, they're asking those things. We're kind of just fine polishing it and fine tuning it. What I tell uh, everyone, honestly, that who, who I'm working with is that, you know, what we want is to get you to be a great agent, not just a good agent. We want you to be great. And, you know, in order to do that for me, the way that you know I was able to get there was by really figuring out that logical next step, and I find that you know a lot of people agents have issues you know piecing that together of realizing what a good logical next step is you know for these leads to help them get there. Yeah, uh, and uh, so Daquan, one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on, and for everybody listening, one of the reasons that I made Daquan a trainer for us, and I appreciate him being willing to do that, is that Daquan was one of those students who really enjoyed the material got the material quickly, implemented it. And although he argued with me frequently, <laughs> still, back, still, still do. I still do. I still do. Still do. <laughs> would actually come back and be like, Hey, remember that thing I argued with you about? I tried it and it worked. It's fantastic. I'm going to keep doing that. So that's one of the reasons why Daquan is a trainer for us. And, you know, he and I worked together for a year and a half, uh, maybe in training um, with myself and his team. Uh, so now that you are a trainer for us, now that you're teaching us, uh, teaching students uh, these things, our, our principles and techniques to Quan, but let's just talk about some of the common errors that you run across for the people that are listening. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I just finished up some training right now. And, you know, I would say the biggest, <laughs> the biggest, biggest thing that I have to remind people to do is, you know, we are, we are, you know, we are good salespeople and we are salespeople and the best salespeople are doing much more listening than talking. I know that a lot of us might love the sound of our voice and we know what to say and we're saying all the right things. You and, and I do. Dale you and, and myself included, as we're on this podcast talking to just ourselves here. Exactly. So we people fall into that trap of uh, knowing what knowing what to say. And even though we are all market experts and we know how to help the lead, you know, they don't essentially know that yet. So it is extremely crucial right from the get-go to really turn on those active listening skills and listen to what the lead is saying 
too many times, Dale, do I see people, you know, kind of putting leads in almost like a cookie cutter <laughs> saying, you know what, this is, this is your issue. This is your issue. It's all the same issue. Let's deal with it when it's not the case. Everyone's extremely different. Everyone's situations are different. And we need to pick up on those differences and help them with their specific needs. Yeah. So I, I want to add to that. What happens is we do see the forest. We stop seeing trees and we see the forest, right? And then it becomes all the same issue. We deal with it the same way. Even though it is all the same shit, you have to pretend like it's not because to these people, they are their unique problems and their unique issues. So in the absence of really uh, feeling that it they are, they are unique little flowers, at least pretend, right, Taquan? Yeah, 100%. Just pretend. Just pretend. It's like, oh my God, I've never heard that uh, you want to get a great deal on, on your next purchase, or I've never heard that you want to sell your host, home for the most money possible and maybe do it yourself, right? I've never heard that before. Please tell me more about that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Ma making them right. That's what we, that's what we preach. That's what we do all the time. And if you're that agent who's putting them on a pedestal for whatever big or small ideas that they have, they're going to remember you. They're going to want to work with you and more so, you know, they're really going to know, like, and trust you. And that's what we're looking for at the end of the day to, you know, have more conversions. Yeah. We have a chat here. Uh, Ike, we can go on talking about more issues, but we do have a question here in the, in the chat, which is Connie Martin. We're hearing the objection that I want to wait a lot, of, a lot these days. How would you handle that in the market uh, that is declining? Great. Yeah. You know, th this is a great question that we're hearing, you know, more often than not here. And, you know, when we uh, when we're dealing with any type of ob objection, Connie, and I appreciate you kind of putting it putting it in the chat for one, I would want to know if someone's uh, you know saying this to me. Two things, you know, uh, for how long are you waiting for, and what exactly are you waiting for? I would I would want to know. I'd want to find out that variable of mystery here. Of you know, what is it that you're waiting for? Because people could be waiting for a whole bunch of things. And I would say this ties into a little bit of what we we're saying before. I'm assuming people could be like, oh, they're waiting probably for the market to crash. You know, a lot of people are saying that, but we don't know that definition yet. So we can't tackle this objection. I, I don't know about you, Dale. I, I don't feel like I'm able to close or pitch anything yet without doing more discovery around that. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to just argue into the face of that. You're going to you're going to do discovery. And, you know, asking those questions that Daquan just said, really good idea. You want to just really narrow it down. And what I would say is that what you're looking for is, are, are these people basing their decision making or what they're waiting for, looking for in logic, um, because it will make an impact on their results or needs, or are they basing it in fear? And if they're basing it in fear, they're going to quickly run out of answers for you or you're going to quickly get into the I don't knows or we'll sees or, uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll wait for something. We'll just wait for it to happen. Right. You, you end up getting into a, a, a logic loop with them if it's just coming from fear. So you're going to unpack that stuff. And what what we say is to look for motivation and ability. Right. So if somebody's going to wait and they don't have a high degree of motivation or they don't have a high de or they don't have ability to do something anyway, then they're probably using the waiting for something in addition to the fact that they don't have ability or they don't have motivation. But if they have motivation and they have ability and they're saying that they're going to wait, that's probably fear layered on top. So then you're going to want to follow them around more closely until the fear subsides and they Absolutely. actually trigger. Absolutely. And, you know, Connie, I see your question here with, yeah, the more questions I asked, the more uh, vague they got. And, you know, to be honest with you, 
to mimic, to echo what Dale said, you know, when you're talking to these leads and they're saying these things, you know, there's a 50, 50% chance that either they're fear-based of what's going on and we need to educate them on what's going on in these specific markets to help them over that. Or there's probably an underlining reason on why they don't have the motivation, like you said, Dale, and they're really just propping up, oh, the market's, you know, not good. So I'm deciding because of that. But there's probably another reason that you need to do a bit more deeper discovery to actually find out the real reason of, of that. Um, yeah. that. That's something I'm, I'm experiencing all the time. And, you know, something I tell my students, if people are saying, you know, common one, you know, is, you know, rates, people talk about rates being too high and, you know, <clears throat> all these types of stuff. If anyone says that to me, you know, my go-to is, okay, great. You know what? I hear what you're saying. Rates are kind of, you know, uh, in all over the place. You know, what does a good rate look like to you? And the reason why I love this question is because if this person truly is concerned about rates, if you ask them that question, they'll tell you what rate they're looking for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. And if, and if they don't tell you what rate they're looking for, they're like, oh, I, I don't know what a good rate is. So I'm like, okay, great. So you actually don't care about rates because if you, right. did, if you cared about rates, if I asked you that question, you would be able to tell me what you're looking for. Yeah. And that's, that's something that we're hoping to get, we're, we're, you know, getting our students into kind of figuring out, you know, is this person being truthful about what their objection is, or is there another reason? You know what I mean? Deep yeah. diving deeper. Maybe there's a lease, maybe there's a family situation. Maybe there's something else that they're waiting for, but it's easier to tell you, Mr. Stranger, it's because of rates. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's go to Patrick Donegan chatted in. Uh, he chatted, I'm waiting for the crash for prices to go down to see what the economy has in store for us. And then he asks, is a good response, I see, this would mean waiting until there's more competition as well, question mark. So Patrick's asking if that would be a good response. I would say no, uh, because what you're doing is you're making them wrong. You're trying to out clever them without <laughs> actually understanding them first. Okay. So here's what we do, Patrick. We're going to break this down into stages. All right. So uh, Daquan, let's role play this. Daquan, tell me that you're going to wait for the market to crash. Yeah, Dale, you know, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, but, uh, you know, I think it'd be, I think the market's going to crash. So I think I'm going to wait. Oh, got it. When you say market crash, what exactly do you mean? Oh, I, I guess prices come down. Prices come down more. Got it. Okay. So you think prices will be coming down? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And when do you think that will happen? Um, in the next few months, maybe next year. Okay. Got it. And what's important to you about waiting until prices come down? Well, you know, I, I don't want to buy at the top and I, you know, I'd much rather buy at the bottom, you know, when prices are lower to save money. Got it to save money. Okay. That makes sense. And so Daquan, what would happen if that doesn't happen? If the market doesn't crash and prices don't come down? That's a good question. You know, I guess I'll have to still maybe move anyways next year. Okay. okay got it. Now, everybody, this is for my Americans. I'm going to educate <laughs> Daquan and then I'm going to soft close him. Got it, Daquan. Well, I, I don't know if you know this, but over the last 100 years, there's only been 11 recessions. And out of those 11 recessions, only twice have home prices actually gone down anything more than 15%. That was in 1980 and in 2008. And all the economists that I follow right now say that those factors that were there that caused the prices to go down in 2008 are not here. We have a lack of inventory. We have a huge uh, backlog of buyers who want to purchase. We have very strict lending standards. We have very few foreclosures. So none of those forces are here now. And so Daquan, if you know the perfect home came on the market, one that checked most of the boxes for you and your family and looked like it fit with the numbers and was something that you liked, is that something you would consider? Yeah, you know what? I would. That sounds great. 
Okay, so Patrick Donegan, let's talk about your response, which is somebody says, I'm waiting for the market to crash or prices to go down. And you say, I see, would that mean waiting until there's more competition as well? Your process is too short, right? You don't have the right to make that person wrong. You don't have the right to argue with them because you don't even understand them. I had a conversation with Daquan. I understood Daquan very well with the questions that I asked, what he wanted, and even how committed he was to his ideas about what was going to happen and how it was going to happen and what he was going to get. And then I simply educated him and then did a soft close. I didn't ask him for his opinion about my education or facts. And I didn't ask him for permission to close him. I just rolled straight into it. So that is a much better formula that we teach for dealing with this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, if Daquan just said, nope, that's fine. I'm staying right here, not doing anything. I'd say, hey, okay, buddy, you hide out in your spider hole and you watch the news. What I'll be doing is I'll be tracking the market. And then I'm going to do a logical next step with Daquan, right? Which is when we're going to talk, why we're going to talk and what he's going to get out of it. So I'd say, okay, Daquan, you stay right there, buddy. Hide out in the hobbit hole. Uh, I'll be watching the market. And what I'll do is I'll give you a call in about a week so that I can update you on where market prices are and interest rates are so that you can keep making great decisions for yourself, whether it's not doing anything or whether it's moving forward. How does that sound? Yeah. And like I said, at the beginning of it, you know, having that type of logical next step is, is crucial. It's really crucial for online leads. You know, something that we're talking about is it takes a while sometimes to turn around these leads. You know, there is that <clears throat> low hanging fruit with them. Uh, when you're having the right conversation and you're speaking to them, it's good. But for a lot of them, there's going to have to be some touch points. And if oh, yeah. anyone wants, you know, there is no silver bullet to leads <laughs> or real estate. But if you want to know a big secret, you know, with online leads, staying in front of them, offering them value and speaking to them at the right time uh, is going to be your way to to close more of them. Yep. It's, as easy, it's as easy as that. Yep. Uh, Jim, I'm going to mess up the last name, Strogan, Strawhan, wrote asked what tactics are best for getting someone to answer the phone other than making more calls Daquan, what's your what's your magic bullet for getting more answers go to well i'm glad that he already added on uh, other than make more calls because that's part of it that's number one that's <laughs> going to be part of it but after any type of read uh online uh, lead reach or anything like that big thing that we're going to that we teach is it's not just a phone call all right it's a phone call it's a text and it's an email right after your call for some people, and, you know, I recommend it depending on the market you're in, you know, I double dial. We double dial, you know, try them once, try them twice. If they don't answer, you give them a, I'd shoot them a text, you know, to, in, uh, to gain their interest and, you know, to trigger a response from them. And then same thing from an email. From then, you're definitely going to continue, you know, your seven, 10 days of pain, as we call it, where you're calling them every day type of thing. But if you call someone, you text them and you email them, when you call them again, I'm, I have a feeling they're going to know who it is. They're going to have a, I'm going to have a feeling they're going to know who's calling them. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I'll say something about the messaging, too, because that matters a lot. If you keep calling and then texting me and emailing me with the same sort of professional formulaic messaging, it just becomes white noise. Right. So if every text and every email is, hi, Daquan, this is Dale. I'd love to talk about your home needs or hi, Daquan, this is Dale. You registered on my website the other day to look for homes for sale. I'd love to talk to you about it. Do you have a few minutes? If all of that crap is the same messaging, I'm going to ignore it after a while. It kind of so, sounds like a bot. You know what I mean? It kind of sounds like the automated messages all the time when you're putting it out there. It's too professional. It's too much. It, 
It does, exactly. And so if you mix it up and make it more casual, right? So first message, make it professional. Hi, Daquan, this is Dale. You registered on my website to look at homes for sale. Are you planning on buying in the next few months? Question mark, right? And then Daquan doesn't answer it. I might next day or same day, uh, bump, the word bump, right? The next day, Daquan didn't hear back, man. Are you on vacation? Question mark, right? And then after that, it could be the word hola. I actually had to explain that to one of our students. He's an old guy. What that meant, or <laughs> yeah, he's looking through the he's looking through the messages because we have like this unghosted message chain that we use. Yeah, yeah. He goes, "What's hola?" And I'm like, "Spanish, it's hola." It's just, Pretty sure that's your second language over there down in the states, but I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so just mix it up is what we're saying. You know, make it more interesting. Make it an icebreaker. Make it something that a bot isn't going to send. And you can be more casual in the messaging that you're sending. Um, in fact, like I take screenshots, I've been posting like screenshots of stuff that we actually do to get clients to talk to us about coaching and training. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if that's a good practice to quantify exposing, <laughs> exposing what, what the, the trade secrets here and into yeah. it. Yeah. if we show the Jedi mind tricks or not, <laughs> no, but I'm like, this is, we do what we preach, you know, like, and it gets 100%. a response 100%. the other day. Um, someone emailed, I had uh, spoke with this person about, uh, they wanted us to do ISA recruiting for them. I spoke to them. She was an operations person. Uh, and then we needed to follow up. So I just followed up and I said, hey, uh, I'm copying my account manager, Rich, here. I forgot when you said we should follow up with you. Let me know when we should reach out. She wrote back, oh, hey, great, great talking to you. I'll let you know when we're ready. That's basically a I'll call you, don't call me, right? Yes, exactly that. Yeah. So then in the same email chain, I reply all, but I direct it to Rich, my account exec, and I say, okay, got it. Hey, Rich, uh, unless she gives us better guidance, just follow up with her at the end of the week and see where she's at. <laughs> and then I wrote, hey, name, you know we're salespeople. We can't not follow up, right? And then I used an emoji. A little bit risky, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's an operations person, but then she writes back, I understand with an emoji. So I'm like, cool, you know, like, these are the kind of things that you can do to get these consumers to talk to you also. I was going to say using that real language, language people, normal people actually use, I would say is super crucial when you're crafting these messages, whether it's email or text, be human. I'm seeing it in the chat a hundred percent. And, you know, for me, some of the best response rates I've gotten from these text messages as well, are you know, sometimes you maybe want to be a little mysterious after, you know, that initial text message, like, Hey lead, you know, I just gave you a call, but I missed you. Let me know when you're free to chat type of thing. If they don't have that number saved, I can almost guarantee you're going to get some sort of response from them because they're going to be like, hmm, who is this? They know me. They know my name. You know, let's dive a little bit deeper. And your goal, you know, is to get a response from these people. You know, it doesn't have to lead to anything crazy right away from text. But if you get a response from these people, you can continue the conversation and, you know, get them somewhere along in your funnel. But your goal is to get a response. Yeah. How loud is that tool in the background? It's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit loud. It's a bit, yeah. I, know, right. yeah I, I know those renovations have been going on for a while though. <laughs> I'm going to switch to my headset. Oh, oh he stopped. Okay, cool. There we go. Okay, so we can good. probably finish the show. Yeah. So I want everybody to remember here, Daquan and Dale said, if you're, you know, the name of the game is getting them to respond. So remember this corny pickup line, how much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. My name is Dale Archdeacon. Nice to meet you. Right. That's, <laughs> That just remember the corny pickup line that Dale used uh, on the show, right? It'll on. work. It'll work. Yes. Go for it. Enough to do enough to break the ice. That's what you got to do. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to break the ice.
Exactly. I want everybody right now to create one of your text messages. It should be, if you're ghosted and they haven't responded to a couple of messages, text, how much does a knock, knock, how much does a polar bear weigh question? <laughs> okay. Tell them a knock, knock joke for God's sakes. And then Daquan, what do you, what should they do the next day? If somebody doesn't answer the knock, knock, how much does a polar bear weigh? Uh, I would give them the punchline anyways. Give them the punchline anyways. Thank you. So I kind of set anyways. you up. I know. You gave I, us the right answer. I know it. I know it. I know. I know how we think. I know what gets the leads to reply. So I would do yes. the same thing. Yes, you Setting know what gets the leads to reply. Eric sending up his template now. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, Mike Grabowski, how are you able to get uh, the lead to open up during the discovery portion of the call if they're not very talkative to get my information from them? Uh, so Mike, uh, we'll answer Mike's question before we end for today. And I appreciate you coming to Quan. Daquan is a crazy busy person. He's doing a bunch of training for us and he's selling 25 million in, in, in houses uh, every year. Uh, by the way, uh, Megan, our marketing person will drop in here. If you want to do some training with Daquan, you want to do training with our team, uh, you should come check us out right now. We have the 12-week intensive called the Pipeline Builder, where we're supporting you Monday through Friday every single day with classes, role play, call review, and an accountability meeting where trainers like Daquan will kick you in the ass and help you sell 20 million, 25 million. Right, Daquan? 100%. If you want to get better, guys, there's no trick to it. You know, besides us being there to help you along along the way. You know, yep. that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So Megan just dropped in here the link for smart uh, inside sales pipeline builder. Check that out, guys. Uh, and let me an answer Mike Grabowski's question before we go to Quan, which was how are you able to Quan? Let's hear your answer. How are you yeah, able yeah. to get people to open up uh, during discovery and give so, you info when they're when they're not very talkative? So, you know, uh, Mike, this is a very good question that I, I like to hear and speak to people about all the time. And the truth is, you know, when you're talking with to these leads and these strangers and all these types of things, if they're not talkative, I would probably say that you just haven't done the right rapport building. And, and to me, you're not asking the right questions because if this, per, if any money that you talk to, especially when it comes to real estate, you know, there is something of value that you could speak to and, and, and talk to them about. And I would say that you really need to listen to what the lead is saying and to be able to dig deeper and ask better questions. Simply, simply put, you know, we're big on the who, what, when, where, why, and how much type of questions. All those, my favorite is the how much. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. That's figuring out the answer to that one type of thing. But keeping those in mind as your resources when you're asking the right questions, if people aren't responding well to one of them, then switch it up. There is something along, there is something in there that they are gonna be open to, to speaking to you about. And as a fallback, you know, nine times out of 10, when you're talking to someone, if you talk to them about the what, whether it's what are they selling or what are they looking for? I don't know anyone who doesn't like talking about that. I don't know anyone who doesn't like talking about their own home <laughs> or the, the what their dream home looks like. That yeah. should be the fallback. And that should be what you know I would go to if the other directions aren't going well for you. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, something I typically teach, which is avoid talking about the house unless they aren't giving you information and then talk about the house, right? Exactly. Because the house can be pretty irrelevant, but if they aren't talking, talk about the house because they'll talk to you about that for certain. It's much easier to ask someone their budget after you to ask them what their dream house looks like for sure. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I would say, Mike, to that is um, try to just uh, one, make sure that you're paying attention to personality style. Uh, and two, they may be afraid of you thinking that you're a salesperson. Now we are all salespeople. That's what we do. We're salespeople. Yeah. However, 
you know, Daquan, when's the last time you just hung out with random salespeople that you didn't work with? Not, yeah, not often. Never. Yeah, never. You don't just drive down to the local car dealer and, and hang out with the boys down there, right? <laughs> But yeah. They're going to nope. try to sell you something. There's no reason for that. So just yeah. remember that everybody we're salespeople. The only people who ever forget that we're salespeople is us sometimes. <laughs> um, so they might be afraid of you. And sometimes you can just use a call it out, right? So if I'm asking Daquan questions and he's like one word answers and kind of shutting me down, just do a get real with him. Hey, listen, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sell you or anything here. I'm not trying to speed you up. I'm just having a quick conversation. I, I love selling homes and I love helping people, but mostly I'm just interested in your unique situation. So you mentioned blah, blah, blah about yourself and I'm just going to continue on, right? I just took that momentary human pause to be like, I'm not trying to eat you. I'm just having a conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100% agree. Opening that human door, like you said, to really resonate with people, I think is great. Even before any questioning something along those lines or and you know i like to almost remind people as well when we're you know if that's coming up you know i'm calling you because you know you signed up on you know my real estate website and i just want to make sure you know you're finding everything that you need i want to ask you a few questions about your home search see how i can help you know something easy like that non-threatening establishing who you are and you know being able to have a more open-end discussion about uh, what the lead's looking for will go a long way yeah, absolutely. Well, Daquan, thanks for joining us. We're over time today. Everybody, thank Daquan immensely for his knowledge and skill and uh, just, you know, demeanor. Uh, Daquan, please get back to selling lots of houses and coaching amazing people. Will do. Will do. Good to see you. Good to uh, thank you, everyone, for putting questions in the chat. It was great. Thanks for having me, Dale. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.